The interesting thing about the Jamstack is that it starts to blur the lines between the front end and the back end. And so you kind of have to look at what technology you're using and what your goals are. Gatsby was sort of my way into React because I have been mostly an Angular guy for uh, a while. So it's interesting to like move back and forth between ecosystems. During the day, I'm like programming and making like screencasts about authentication and Gatsby and stuff like that. And then I walk outside and I like chop wood and check on the chickens. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. Welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. Sam, tell us why you're here. Uh, so I am a developer advocate engineer for Auth0, the identity and access management company. I'm also a Google developer expert for Angular and web technologies. And I've recently been really getting into Gatsby. And so I, I made a course on Thinkster.io called Up and Running with Gatsby. And so I've just been sort of nerding out a lot lately on the Jamstack and Gatsby. And then for work, just sort of puzzling over the new set of challenges that the Jamstack provides for authentication and that kind of thing. Excellent. I'm curious, what was your introduction to uh, Jamstack? How did you sort of discover it? So my introduction to the Jamstack and Gatsby is mostly due to my interest in writing. So when I first started Auth0, I was on the technical content team. I had moved from like a regular engineering job at a place in Portland and moved on to the content team at Auth0. So I was doing a lot of writing and a teammate of mine recommended looking at Gatsby for where at the time we were considering rewriting the Auth0 blog. I don't know if we're still going to do that. But that's how I sort of got into Gatsby was through a teammate at Auth0 recommending it and it just really it really scratched the itch of both having like the markdown support but also just sort of writing code in order to build a platform for writing so it's sort of that developer nerd side and writing side all at once and i just kind of fell in love and really got into it and then when you introduce you know deployment and all that stuff it's also really easy so it was just really nice right out of the gate cool and then you obviously being part of a off zero and an authentication company What's the experience with Gatsby been leveraging Off0? I'm assuming you're using Off0 for your sites at Off0. Yeah, yeah. So it's largely the same as a regular React application. There's just a couple of extra little caveats because of the build process. For example, in the Webpack build, you need to uh, so the, the Auth0 SDK, like like a lot of SDKs, access some window properties and things like that that are specific to running in the browser. And when Gatsby does its build, it doesn't have access to those browser APIs. So you have to do a little bit of a workaround to say like, hey, if we're not running in the browser, just ignore these calls to the window and things like that and provide this Auth0 variable. And that's pretty common with dependencies in in Gatsby. So that's sort of one caveat. You also have to Gatsby sort of abstracts away your root app component. So you need to use this thing called, I think it's called wrap root element 
in order to like wrap your app component in the whatever provider you're using for authentication, whether that's Auth0 or anyone else. But aside from that, it's largely the same as doing regular old authentication in React for a single page application. Okay. So uh, some of my challenges, like with authentication uh, in the Jamstack, is I, I never know what to do with the JWT and like storing it in local storage. Is that okay, or is that not okay? Right. Yeah. So you don't want to store a token in local storage. Is that making it's, it too easy for the hackers? Yeah. It can be. It can be a vulnerable place to store things. So you definitely want to just keep the token in memory. The interesting thing about the Jamstack. Is that it starts to blur the lines between the front end and the back end. And so you kind of have to look at what technology you're using and what your goals are. So, for example, like Next, I, full disclosure, I haven't done a lot with Next, but Next sort of allows these different, you could kind of go full static site or you could do like server side rendering or sort of this in between method where you've got this serverless deployment. And so essentially, you kind of want to look at do I need sensitive information when the app loads, like on render, or do I need it after the render, basically? Because if you're doing something like server side rendering with Next and you need sensitive information, then you kind of just treat it like a traditional web app where you would use like sessions and things like that, and the server would know about that kind of thing. Otherwise, you'll kind of treat it more like a single page application where you do the, the token exchange and everything and store the tokens in memory. Yeah, so going back to like the you mentioned sessions, like if I wanted to go use that pattern, do I have to create some sort of cache or some sort of key value store to store those sessions to keep that in memory, or is that built in off zero? Well, so one of our principal architects wrote this awesome article on different approaches to authentication in Next, and so what you would do is you, I mean, essentially you'd be doing the traditional web app route where you've got like Cookies and session cookies and things like that. So, gotcha. I mean, you would use something like Passport in that instance, where you're kind of doing the traditional route and managing that kind of thing. But hopefully, you would use something at least like Passport to to handle sort of all the nuts and bolts of it, so you don't have to like roll that yourself. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've I've only recently really started getting really knees deep in the Gatsby. Uh, I've always I've leveraged Gatsby for a long time, but never for any projects that have any sort of long-standing existence. And uh, I'm loving it for having things like storing data. So like for this podcast, we have the jampix.netlify.com. That's a Gatsby site. Huh. Uh, I'm able to just jump into a CMS, write a bunch of links, and put the, make sure that those copied over from the, the regular show notes, and that people can find sort of organically find the pics from the site after the fact. And like that experience has been a lot of fun. Uh, some things I'm like I want to approach is having a public API to that content as well, and it seems like Gatsby because GraphQL and the way it's been approached as far as like uh, the ecosystem, uh, it's been nice to find other solutions for things to do. Uh, I'm curious if that's been the same experience for yourself. Yeah, I think what's really causing Gatsby to flourish is the ecosystem and having things like plugins for Contentful or you know like Airtable. You have all these options for different sources that can just sort of you just drop in a plugin and then you can yeah write your content on a CMS or add data to rows in an Airtable spreadsheet basically 
And you kind of get to abstract away a lot of the data access and stuff like that, and then just use GraphQL to access it in your components, which is really nice. Yeah, it's it's extremely elegant on that approach of leveraging like co-locating your GraphQL inside of your components. Uh, I've set up a couple, quite a few like React and GraphQL projects, and uh, I've done it differently every single time. So like Gatsby, pulling that up. And just having that those decisions made for me uh, when I sort of Gatsby in it, like that's a great experience. It's interesting for me because Gatsby was sort of my way into React because I have been mostly an Angular guy for uh, a while, starting with Angular JS back in the day, and then going through the migration and everything. And so it's it's interesting to like move back and forth between ecosystems, and I can definitely see how since React. React seems sort of like an assemble as you go kind of platform where you you know pick and choose what you want to build in your application. Whereas Angular is sort of the opposite of that; they kind of give you everything right from the start. So I can see how Gatsby is really meeting a need for people. I mean, it's built on top of Create React app, but it's sort of like Create React app like to the nth degree of <laughs> adding all these other layers of of data and stuff. So that's really cool. Yeah, and I think what they really got. Did well, and like I, I talked to Kyle and I talked to Jason about Gatsby too in, in length. Um, but what they've really done well is like the ecosystem and the community. Yeah. Um, which brings me to the next thing that Off Zero is really involved in, which is the Gatsby shop. So like, if I want to see if I'm eligible for free Gatsby socks uh, because they basically give away swag for contributions, the cool thing about that is that I can log in and then right off the bat I get to see my contributions. Yeah. So. I have a very light experience with Off Zero. Uh, I know there are some other add-ons and plugins to co-locate other data. So, is is Off Zero powering that sort of data from GitHub as well? If I recall, what's happening there is they're using um, GitHub as the like social login. So, so it's like the single sign-on, and so you're authenticating through Auth Zero with your GitHub credentials. And then I don't know whether they've Added that to the like behind the scenes that they've added that to the Auth Zero flow, or if once you're authenticated, then they make another call over to GitHub. That would be something to look into in in the code. Theoretically, I know that you could sort of enrich the user profile with that data, like coming back from the round trip of authentication. Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly the way that that they do it. I think it might be. But I'm not positive on that. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the off.js file in the, yeah. the the open source GitHub repo, and they're using off zero JS, right? Which I assume that's the SDK that gives you all the out of the box stuff. It is, yeah. So in the last few months, we've actually we've released a new library just for single page applications called Auth Zero Spa JS, which is sort of a lighter weight version of Auth Zero JS. Auth Zero JS isn't isn't deprecated or anything like that. It's still used all over the place. But if you are starting from scratch a new like React app or Gatsby or whatever, Jamstack, you'd probably want to use the the spa SDK that we released a few months back. But there's not really any reason to go back and like refactor this to use that necessarily. But it would be a good pull request if somebody out there wants to do that. <laughs> they could go and refactor to use the new SDK. But yeah, I don't I don't see anything in here about having to go get any like make a second call to GitHub. So I'm going to surmise that they're they've sort of enriched that on the Auth0 side. They've like they you go and get the 
the GitHub profile and bring that back as part of the user profile. Yeah, actually, I, I'm, I'm as you're talking, I'm skimming through the, the the code itself. Yeah, and I think they're just getting a token from Off Zero for GitHub, and then they're leveraging GraphQL and GitHub's GraphQL API to use that same token. So ah, okay. At the point of sign on, you have a token from GitHub thanks to Off Zero and that social login. Right, and that same token can be leveraged to access data directly from GitHub. So oh, cool. In this case, they're going to the Gatsby org, and they're finding all your contributions as a user. And then, based on how many of those contributions, you get that many socks. I think perfect. That's great. Excellent. Yeah. So we we covered. Uh, I mean, this is a pretty elegant like uh, workflow for authoring in the Jam, and I think it's like a. I don't know too many other people who are doing it this easy uh, when it comes to Off Zero. Like I said, a lot of my like one off side projects on Code Sandbox will use a tool like Off Zero JS to get that auth in and then present some sort of data. Um, me, as a, I'm probably similar for yourself, as a developer advocate, we our job is side projects. Yeah. And so it's nice having a workflow to reach for on a regular basis and not have to worry about sort of rebuilding that from scratch every time you want to show off a cool little widget. Yeah, exactly. It is going to sound like marketing speak because it's my job, but but honestly, one of the things that I like about Auth0 is that it's very scalable. Like, you can, if you want to do just like a simple login and not have to mess with very much, you can do that for free, and then it can go all the way up to like a real world production application. You know, you can scale it up really highly, but you're using the same basic set of tools each time, and so you you don't have to have this like new learning curve for every iteration of your product. You know. Yeah, I'm curious though. Uh, as far as Offsera goes, I'm sure the company's got to make money somehow. So, is there a limitation to a certain ceiling? If I'm going to start a side project, do I have to be aware of like I can only have two users on this or something? Yeah, the free plan is actually like pretty generous. I, it has seven thousand free active users and unlimited logins. Lets you do two social identity providers, which I mean, most of the time, if you're going to use like. Google and GitHub or something. I mean, that's that's pretty decent for like a side project, and you can do like serverless rules and things like that. So that's that's a pretty nice free plan. And then we we have like a developer plan and developer pro plan that go up from there. And it, it usually has to do with the number of active users and like the number of social providers. And then there's additional like additional features like multi-factor authentication and stuff like that that you end up having to pay for. And then the at the upper end of that, that's when you get into like enterprise stuff. I guess all the compliance things that you would need, yeah, yeah, like HIPAA and you know all, all those kinds of like enterprise connections, things like that. But if you're having to worry about that, then chances are you're not the one having to pay for it. So yeah. <laughs> you've got you've got a different chain of command for that. Excellent. You mentioned your your blog. Uh, hopefully, uh, listeners will check that out and uh, sort of run through that. Seems like it's sort of written out of the tutorial form, so you can follow the steps and get Authn your your Gatsby app. Uh, anything else you uh, want to bring up? No, I, th- I mean I think that's basically it. Yeah, I I wrote that article on Gatsby. I'm going to update that, or actually probably write a new version of it with the new SDK. And then Sandrino's article that I mentioned that we can link to is also really really helpful for. I mean, whether or not you're using Auth0, it's just a really helpful. Article on understanding the different deployment models of something like Next and how to authenticate. Cool. So, if you don't mind, I guess we'll transition ourselves to jam picks. So, these are things that we're jamming on music related, food related, code related. Nothing's out of bounds. 
Uh, and I see you've actually already prepared. So do you want to go first, Sam? <laughs> sure. Uh, so again, again, this is going to sound funny because like I work for Auth Zero, but my boss Kim Maida is uh, she was we were friends before I worked at Auth Zero, so it doesn't count as like recommending my boss. But she's been writing a lot of articles and starting to give talks and stuff on like how to become a speaker and how to like get the most out of conferences and stuff like that. So I I'm linking to her dev.2 page cuz she's starting to do more stuff like that and I think people are really resonating with it because like she's going to be speaking at um, a few conferences next year on like how to get into technical speaking and stuff like that. So I just wanted to give a shout out to to that cuz I think people are really going to like that stuff. The other one I, I wrote down was uh, a heated blanket. <laughs> so I live in the Pacific Northwest, and I live like on a piece of land in the country, and it gets cold up here. And <laughs> I found that using a heated blanket during the day is like, first of all, way cheaper than using a heater, and also like super effective. So <laughs> I really want to uh, just uh, encourage people who live in cold areas maybe check out a heated blanket. It's going to cost way less than. Running your heater constantly. <laughs> wow. So I we didn't go over this, but Off Zero is pretty remote company. Yeah, I think the numbers now are like closer to sixty percent remote, just because okay. we've we've opened some more offices around the world, and so like a lot of the sales team and stuff work from the office. But as far as like developers and DevRel and stuff like that, like it's mostly remote. So you'll find us all over the place. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I was assuming that your heated blanket is because you work from home all day. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I work, I work from home from this like small organic farm with chickens and stuff like that. And so our main source of heat is a wood stove, but I have like a, a space heater in my office. But it's like su- super expensive to run that constantly during the winter. So Sam, I'm 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 afraid you buried the pick. Um, I need to know more about this organic farm and your wood stove. <laughs> yeah, I, I I never know who knows what about me, but yeah. So a few months back, some friends and I and my my girlfriend, we like bought this piece of property in like the rural Pacific Northwest, and the people who that we bought it from already had been doing a bunch of farming. Like 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 when I say organic farming, I mean like things like permaculture, where it's like. The small scale sustainable kind of thing. Yeah. So we have a couple greenhouses, we have a bunch of fruit trees, and we we have about 19 chickens that we're like raising to lay eggs and stuff like that. We kind of moved in too late in the year to start planting things, but we'll 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 start doing that in the next year. But yeah, that's that's the story. It's it's a pretty fun adventure. Wow, that's. Uh, I mean, it sounds fun. And uh, if you're you you said you're getting in the writing, uh, hopefully you have this all this content. Written out in your experience, so we can all follow along with your uh, chickens. Yeah, I, I need to start like blogging about it more regularly. <laughs> I, I've like tweeted about it, but I need to like write things down. And like, we had some llamas for a while, and that was really fun. We borrowed them from our neighbor. Our neighbor is a beef farmer, so we like buy local beef from <laughs> this guy, and it's like a, it's it's an adventure. It's just really funny because like during the day, I'm like. Programming and making like screencasts about <laughs> authentication and Gatsby and stuff like that, and then I walk outside and I like chop wood and check on the chickens and <laughs> walk out to the greenhouse. So it's like a really funny two different worlds. Wow! So if the apocalypse comes through, 
Yeah, you're, you're, you're definitely prepared on one front. Yeah, um, but also working from home, you're you're protected from zombies as well. So exactly, you're, you're good on all fronts. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't mind, I'll share my picks. Yeah, um, not as great as like getting beef from your your beef farmer <laughs> uh, neighbor, but uh, uh, my first pick is testingjavascript.com. This is Kenzie Dodds, who's actually been on this podcast as well. Uh, recently, uh, quit his job at PayPal and is going full time into screencasting and open source maintaining. And uh, so he did a whole slew of screencasts and collected some of his older Egghead videos and shared on how to test JavaScript properly. In conjunction with this, he's also open sourced some projects as well, which is testing testing JavaScript, uh, the NPM module. And uh, I went through it and like I completely changed the way I sort of approach testing my React components. Uh, so it's been super helpful, and I feel like I can finally get back to uh, fuller test coverage. Um, so definitely check that out. Uh, I also want to. Share my other pick. I, I tend to always pick some sort of a, a TV show or movie I'm watching. Uh, I s- spent two weeks down in Brazil for some work-related stuff and some conferences. And uh, I during the time Hulu recently announced you can download TV shows, so I downloaded the entire TV show, which is called Wu Tang: The American Saga. And listeners also know I'm very big into hip hop. Uh, it's a great show. It sort of goes in the background of how Wu Tang was uh, sort of. Their origin story through RZA and getting everybody together and out in the projects in Staten Island. So, highly recommend it if you want to sort of see some glamorized hip hop culture uh, from the early '90s. Definitely check that out. Also, check out uh, Brazil if you can. It's a very interesting country. Like it's so it's as big as the U.S. and they don't care about speaking English. So I learned some Portuguese while I was out there because if I, I basically called it like survival Portuguese. So I had to pronounce words like very weirdly. I don't know if it's going to be super offensive to some people, but I'm going to say it anyway. We can cut it later. Uh, Portuguese is kind of like if Americans who don't want to speak Spanish want to speak Spanish. So, like things like Julio would actually be Julio, uh, and like Thres would be Trace. Um, so, like it's actually pretty good for the American tongue because things are pronounced the way you would think they would be pronounced. But I struggled because I speak Spanish. Uh, that was what I learned in school. So. I had to like fake my Portuguese accent so people would give me a bagel. Um, yeah, so those are my picks. Uh, and uh, Sam, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for sneaking in that last pick about your organic uh, farm <laughs> that you're sort of living on, your llamas. And thanks for talking about Off in the Jam. Uh, hopefully, people will find your blogs. I definitely check out uh, Kim's posts as well. Yeah, thanks a lot. And listeners, keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 